Welcome to A Sensory Emotional Lens. I am Michelle Parkins. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed last week's podcast on play. Last week, we started to unpack theories, research, science, and really what's happening when we play with our kids and ultimately why we should do it more and as adults, why we should also play more. This episode will continue the focus of play, but we are going to switch gears a little bit and talk more specifically about the sensory emotional engagement model and the play themes that we use within that. For those of you who may be new to a sensory emotional lens and this model, the sensory emotional engagement model uses play to simultaneously address sensory motor and social emotional development. It serves as a guide to understand how the different ways of sensory motor processing relate to the ways in which our children feel and act with the goal of enhancing parent-child relationships. If you're a professional that's listening, this model aims to enhance your therapeutic relationship, but it also serves as a guide for you to enhance the relationships within the families with whom you work. So welcome to A Sensory Emotional Lens on Sensory Emotional Play. So the sensory emotional engagement model is founded on the concept that the way that we process sensations and move our body impact the emotions that we feel, and also the emotions that we feel impact the way we process sensations and move our body. So in our day-to-day interactions, we can feel this bi-directional relationship between sensation, motion, and emotion. And as we began to talk about last week, there are neurological foundations to this. The sensory systems are very tightly connected to the limbic system, which is our emotion center. So today we're not going to go too deeply into this. We do want to spend most of our time talking about play and the type of play that we do. But I also want to mention a little bit more about this bi-directional relationship. There's an increasing amount of research looking at this, connecting our mind and our body and our body to our mind. It used to be thought that these are two separate entities and that when we're working with an individual, we're only thinking about one. And thankfully, this is becoming not as common as a thought process, and we experience this every day in our work. So just some examples. Our touch system has been uh, looked at as related to our feelings of safety, love, happiness, pleasure, and the feeling of security. I would say that this is certainly the positive side of these experiences, assuming that this touch system is processing accurately and comfortably. Um, We do see in our daily work that if this isn't happening, we see the opposite, more fear and aversive responses and avoidance, not connection and not pleasure. The vestibular system, which is our movement-based system and our spatial system, has been looked at as our grounding system. It has a lot of ties to focus and attention. There's also a lot of research in the experience of anxiety for individuals who have vestibular processing challenges. And then our proprioceptive system, this is information from our muscles that gives us a sense of our body map. This system really is the foundation of our feeling of confidence, where when we have a sense of our body map and our ability to know where our body is and how we can move our body, we feel confident that we can do what's being presented to us. Alternatively, we can feel unaware of how to do things because there's not information coming back and forth from the system. There's a a beautiful theory that I love um, that is called embodied affectivity. And this is in the the psychology space. 
And embodied affectivity talks a lot about this proprioceptive sense. And you've heard it, even though you don't know that, know that yet, um, in the concept of power postures. So power postures is the idea that if we sit up nice and tall and we f- and we feel um, firm in our body position and our shoulders are back and broad and, and our head is held high, I'm doing that right now as I'm talking to you and you can try it too right now, you feel powerful, right? And that is that proprioceptive system giving that emotional experience where through your muscles, your body is tightened and it feels super strong. So another way to play with this is smile right? You can get a little quick pinge of happiness. Frown, you can feel sad. Clenching your fists, you can feel anger. And furrowing your brow makes you feel confused, right? So just these little simple activities gives us this experience of this bi-directional relationship of what our body is doing and sensing directly is impacting the emotions that we feel. So with that connection in mind, the sensory emotional engagement model taps those connections through play. Through the play that we're doing within this model, we ignite this this very specific emotional experience and invite very specific sensory motor experiences based on the way our kids are acting and feeling. So for this podcast, we are going to dive deeper into this model. Um, Sometimes we'll talk to you guys about larger concepts, which we've been doing, and then sometimes we are going to take a step to dive deeper into the sensory emotional engagement model, and, and this is one of those times. So I hope you'll enjoy it. So we'll go through each sensory emotional personality style, and we're going to talk about why and how we use play. So our anxious yet deeply feeling kids, these are our kids who experience sensory over-responsivity pretty commonly. So they're overwhelmed by sensations coming into their body. They sense, they feel sensations bigger and more than you would expect. Um, they often can feel overwhelmed by the demands of movement. Obviously, movement is a sensation, um, but it also is, is a coordination-based demand as well that we can think about here for our anxious yet deeply feeling kids. So generally, being overwhelmed and being kind of bombarded by sensory information coming into their body that doesn't feel safe and comfortable, the emotional experience is often overwhelmed, uncomfortable, feeling stressed, and feeling hesitant, or a lot of uh, families will share that their kids are shy, right? And this this um, slowness to join, this hesitance to join into typically busier environments, social environments, new environments. Uh, environments where our kids don't know what to expect uh, for their body. So our play themes for those with this sensory profile involve security, protection, control, and power. So we're ultimately, through our sensory emotional play, inviting the opposite emotional experiences that they typically don't feel in their daily life. So remembering last week when we talked about the opportunity that play brings to allow us to try out different ways of being, right? This is this idea. So we don't usually feel, if we're over-responsive, secure, protected, in control, and powerful. So we're going to experiment with that in play and see what it does feel like to feel that way. So this can look like a police officer type play who's leaving the dispatch. And as he's leaving the dispatch, he's running and jumping and then maybe wrestling a thief like with a rolling and tumbling motion to capture them. And that 
is inviting vestibular movement, right? So in that play, we're working on the sensory system that feels tricky. So if we have a movement-based sensory over-response, then we're going to add this movement into the play of feeling powerful and secure. So as a police officer in that role, we're inviting that emotional experience through the actions that we're doing. We're exploring the sensation that feels tricky. So as we, as a police officer captures the thieves, they're then going to bring all of the goods that they stole back to the police office. And that could be, you know, if we have a touch sensitivity, we can add that experience there. So as the police officer feels in control of the situation and powerful and is protecting the universe from these thieves, we can put different te- textures, right, to explore. So they're in this very powerful, safe, comfortable role, exploring a sensation that they typically wouldn't feel like they have control over and would not feel protected from. So that's one example of how we would uh, be in character. So you can see that this play is very active. Um, we want the the children to be the actual character, right? Moving their body through space, exploring with their hands, doing everything very physically with their body. And remembering back to last week when we talked about the Pangsteps theory where our, our body is primed to play this way, right? So we're just tapping into that experience or tapping into that um availability. This can also look like a doctor who's on a medical mission. And then again, if we have this movement over responsibility or spinning like a helicopter to go and make an emergency landing to protect others from serious injury. So we've got that protection role, that person who has control and is feeling powerful, doing movement-based activities that may often be avoided. And then again, we can add this this tactile-based materials, tape, stickers, Play-Doh could be the cure that we need to explore. So I know I'm using movement and touch here as an example, uh, but this can be, you can be over-responsive in any of the sensory systems. The idea is really that you have the play theme and you're infusing that sensory experience that feels tricky and uncomfortable into the play when they're feeling secure, protected, in control, and powerful. So when we look at what's happening in this situation for our anxious yet deeply feeling kids, the sensory experiences change from overwhelming to comfortable. The action state changes from overwhelmed to in control. The emotional expression changes from anxious to powerful and secure. And the personality style changes from shy and avoidant to deeply feeling and passionate about what's going on around them. So through this play, they become comfortable with sensations, in control of their movement and their experiences, emotionally expressing security and power. So we help them move from feeling anxious to deeply feeling their surroundings in a comfortable way. Moving on to our unaware yet deep thinkers. So these are our kids who experience often sensory under-responsivity. So not taking in enough information from the environment, from their body, in order to organize and understand what it is. So they tend to be more um, feeling more unaware or inattentive. They can report as being tuned out or disconnected. So our play themes for these individuals involve interest, engagement, connection, and exploration. 
So again, our play is inviting them to feel what they don't typically feel, right? So exploring a new experience of being engaged, connected, and exploring as opposed to being unaware and inattentive. So this can look like um, very often it's uh, exploration is our main theme here where we're setting up uh, explorations of the environment to be shared with somebody else. So your child could be flying to different planets to discover aliens. So you've got different toys of aliens or pictures of aliens around the room and they could be lifted up and you could lift them up and run with them or they can spin like a helicopter or they can run or jump or roll or however they want to get around to the different planets to find the aliens. Once they find the aliens, they're turning around and showing you what they found. So it's the idea of being big body movement, right? So this big body movement activates the sensory systems and brings more awareness to the body and more awareness to the environment moving through the environment bringing more awareness to what's happening around them and then circling back to share it and be connected with another person about it so this can be another example that we use because our kids love dinosaurs right is to be um, a helicopter spinning through the dinosaur land to see all the dinosaurs so ultimately this can be you can use anything that your kids love and in fact something that's highly motivating to them will inherently activate their body right so something they love can be in this play so their sensory experiences through this play change from missed or minimally experienced to connected their action state changes from tuned out to exploring and engaged their emotional expressions change from detached to interested and their personality style changes from unaware to deep thinking. So through the play, they become connected to the sensory experiences around them, engaged in their movements and exploring and emotionally expressing interest. We help them move from unaware to deeply thinking about what's happening around them. Our next sensory emotional personality style are confused yet full of wonder kids. So these are our kids who have difficulty with sensory discrimination. Sensory discrimination is a little tricky to understand. Sometimes it's called sensory perception, but it's basically the fine tuning of sensory input. Um, sometimes I say it's like the who, what, when, where, why, right? Whereas our, our beginning stage of sensory processing is just to notice sensation. This is the, the more, let me learn more about this experience. So it, we often talk about the intensity of an experience, the timing, the spatial orientation. It's really about the, the matching of the sensory experiences to the expectation of the environment. So kids that have difficulty doing this often feel very surprised that what they're trying to do doesn't work. They're confused about why it didn't work and can often be very embarrassed by their performance at times because they're really not sure about why it's happening that way. So we have a surprised, confused, embarrassed. Um, they could look very disorganized as their actions mismatched what's needed for what's happening around them. And we often see a very limited emotional range where the feeling, there's not really like a little mad or kind of mad. It's either I'm mad or I'm happy. Um, so just like they have difficulty kind of understand the, the details of how they move their body and the things that are happening in their environment, they have an, a hard time feeling the differences in emotional range. So our play themes here involve wondering and experimentation. 
So again, inviting that feeling that we don't normally have. So if we're confused or surprised or particularly embarrassed by something that we're doing, we don't often experiment with it, right? We can definitely go away from it at that point. It's it's like, oh, that didn't work. Not sure why that didn't work. Got to get out of here. And we see our kids leave. And, that, and then they don't have an opportunity to figure out why it didn't work, um, which then they're not having the opportunity to build this, this sensory capacity. So if we can invite them to stay there longer with us and experiment with what happened and wonder what are different ways that we can do it, then we can help them experience that different emotion and also to stay there and move their body in a different way to see if we can make it work, but then also to develop this capacity. So this can look like being an architect. So we're combining different sizes, shapes, weights, um, into different objects and designing different structures. Um, so this puts in touch and proprioception and visual uh, opportunities. So again, when when we work with this, we're whole body sensory, right? We want them to experiment with different ways of moving, different ways of touching, holding, squeezing, pulling, different ways of using their muscles, different amount of force that they need to use. So it's a whole body activation, whole body experimentation. Another one that our kids super love is bringing video games to real life. So game creation. We, we've specifically created probably every video game that kids have ever played um, in working with this, but it's a great opportunity because the video games often offer levels. And when we talk about leveling up, which if you're here with us at Great Kids Place, so it's a term that you'll likely hear very often, um, it allows us to determine what changes need to be made to get to different levels, which is a different way of moving touching, pushing, pulling, right? Different way of moving our body and moving and using objects. So when we also use this as a way to support emotion regulation in this work where we might create something that doesn't work and then the kids feel that confused, surprised, embarrassed and we say, oh man, that must have been a level 10, not a level two. And they say, yep, that was level 10. Right, we meant we we meant to make a level two, so it allows them to work through that experience of surprised and embarrassed and confused to come back and say, "Okay, what do we have to do now?" And so through this play with our confused yet full of wonder kids, our sensory experiences change from confusing, uh, being confused about the intensity, duration, timing, and orientation of the input, to being understood and matched. Our action state changes from being mismatched. So we talk about overshooting or undershooting, like using too much too much force, not enough force, too much movement, not enough movement, changes to being more precise and matched. Our emotional expression changes from surprised and embarrassed to wonderment. And we see this personality shift from confused to full of wonder. So our kids then understand the qualities of the sensory experiences around them. They engage in movements that are precise and match the expectations. They emotionally express wonderment. So we're helping them move from this confused to full of wonder about how things fit together and work around them. Our next sensory emotional personality are needy yet compassionate. So from a sensory motor standpoint, these are our kids who generally are a little bit weaker than others. They have lower strength, lower endurance. Um, they can have core weakness uh, or postural instability, just difficulty moving their body and holding their body upright in an organized, graded way. So these are our kids who generally feel very weak, 
They feel helpless, like they're always the ones that need help. They're very needy, um, so they could be more whiny. Uh, that's a lot of our families say that they're whiny all the time. They need me all the time. They need help with everything. They need help with things that they typically shouldn't need help with. Um, and often these kids can get labeled as lazy because it takes more effort to get up and move and do things. So sedentary is much easier for them. So in keeping with our with our goals, our play themes, I invite them to feel a different way than they feel all the time. And they get to experiment with feeling powerful, brave, helpful, and strong. So this can look like rescue missions is our big go-to here. So if you're on a rescue mission, you have to be brave and powerful and you're inherently helping rescue. You're helping somebody get to safety and you've got to be strong. So our rescue missions are our go-to here. And again, this can be rescuing anything that your child is motivated to rescue. Um, and we want that whole body activation. Okay, so the pushing, pulling, climbing, carrying, all of that is a huge resistive base activity, which builds that core stability and core strength and builds the strength up in the muscles of the body. So we can climb mountains to rescue trapped animals. Mountains can be your couch cushions and pillows and anything you have around your house. You can roll around to swim through the ocean to save sea life. Again, whole body activation, moving your muscles against resistance, moving your, your muscles for an extended period of time to build that endurance. So through this powerful, brave, helpful, and strong play, our sensory systems change from inactive or passive, right? So remembering that these are our kids that bodies tend to be pretty sedentary, but it's also these kids very often align with differences in sensory registration, right? So they could be under responsive. Their bodies, their systems are not taking in enough information. So they're not activated enough to, to contract the muscles, right? To feel, to feel that strength and find strength in the body. So through this play, we're activating the sensory systems. So they're moving from passive to activated. Our action state changes from weakness and low endurance to stable and strong. Our emotional expressions change from defeated and helpless to brave and helpful. And our personality shifts, they move from needy to compassionate, right? Looking for ways to help others, looking for ways to be up and going and moving their body. So their bodies feel activated engaged in movements that are stable and strong, emotionally brave and helpful. And so we're helping them move from that needy to compassionate state day to day. And lastly, our scattered yet intentional and passionate personality style. This is uh, generally our kids that have difficulty with motor planning. This can be called dyspraxia, difficulty taking in all the sensory information and organizing it into a sequential order to do what is being asked of them to do or to do what they're interested in doing. So generally our kids with dyspraxia with their scattered yet intentional and passionate personality style are scattered. So they're have a very difficult time organizing themselves in a sequential way. They can feel frustrated. They can be explosive in that frustration. They can feel unmotivated or lack confidence to try again when something doesn't work the first way, first time. And they're generally bossy is another big one that we see here um, where they need to tell other people what to do so that they know what, what they're supposed to be able to do and what they can do. 
So keeping with our play themes who help our kids feel the opposite of what they generally feel. So their emotional expression that we're looking for is confidence, persistence, constructive, and organized. And as they're playing in that emotional space, we're having them move their body through space and organize things in a sequential way with their body. So this can look like my favorite is a a king or a queen. That's the ruler of the kingdom. And when you're the ruler of the kingdom, you're the only one that can save your kingdom. You are inherently the boss of your kingdom. And when you're the boss, you've got to be in control and you've got to be organized. So in that space, we set up the kingdom, right? So we set up the space around us to be the kingdom, which allows us to move our body in multiple different ways, experience multiple different sensory opportunities to these different sensory systems. And also make sense of the space around us, right? First, we do this to set it up. Then we do this to set it up. Then we do this. So we're inviting that organized way of being through the setup. Then we make a plan of how we're going to move our body through that space. And ultimately, if we get to, if we stick with this theme, we're clearly going to defeat the dragons, right? So we've got a kingdom. We're the ruler of the kingdom. Now there's these dragons. Not only do we have to build our kingdom, but we need to defend our kingdom. And we are the only ones that can do this as the ruler of our kingdom. So we need to have that confidence and persistence to, to move through that plan, even when it feels tricky. <laughs> So through this play, our sensory experience changed from being overwhelming or uncertain or jumbled up to clear and understood. Our action state changes from lacking a clear plan and being explosive and all over the place or bossy to being organized and sequential. Our emotional expressions change from frustrated and unsettled to confident and persistent. And we see a personality style shift from scattered to intentional and passionate about our actions. So these sensory experiences around them become clear and understood. We engage in movements that are organized, emotionally expressing confidence and persistence, and we help our kids move from scattered to intentional and passionate. So (laughs) play allows us to act and feel, right? We just explored that in these examples that we have our, we're inviting certain play that allows our kids to feel certain emotions and act with their body a certain way. It inherently taps into this bi-directional relationship we talked to at the beginning between the body and the mind. The sensory motor system and the emotional system are intricately, intricately intertwined, and through play, we can activate them both. Specifically, if we're playing in a whole body sensory motor play in the way that we were just talking about. So we facilitate this exploration and discovery of different ways of both acting and feeling, and in that, we're enhancing our emotion and our body regulation states at the same time. So as you can see, we're doing way more than just playing when we engage and play with our kids, specifically when you're playing in the sensory emotional engagement model. I hope you enjoyed hearing about this. Um, We will be continuing to talk about this bi-directional relationship between sensation and emotion, as well as play in many different ways. So thank you for joining us to learn more about our sensory emotional play. If you have any specific wonders about the way that your child's processing the world and the emotional expression of that sensory motor capacity, please visit our website, greatkidsplace.com. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Please note that the content shared in this podcast is being provided for educational and informational purposes only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. 
The resources provided are not intended to be therapeutic interventions and individuals should consult with qualified healthcare professionals for personalized guidance regarding their occupational therapy and mental health needs. See you next time.